This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, hey, you really never watched Before Sunset? Or, you seriously have never seen Moonstruck? Or, how have you not seen When Harry Met Sally? Welcome, welcome, welcome to How Have You Not Seen. I am your co-host, Carson Betts. And I am your other co-host, Caroline Thompson. This is a movie podcast where every week, one of us brings in one of our favorite movies the other one hasn't seen. We talk about it. And then we go and watch the movie. Then we talk about it some more. It's going to be a really good time. Caroline. Yes. It is week two of the new season. We are continuing our series, Love Month, in which I have done an entire month of programming around romances and romantic comedies and candles and candlelit dinners and soft jazz music just playing oh so wistfully throughout the air. And I have a question for you. Yes. How have you not seen When Harry Met Sally? That's a good fucking question. Yeah. That's a good fucking question. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it was. I don't know. I really have no good answer. I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, I've obviously known about this movie for forever because everybody's yeah. seen this movie. Yeah. Um, I, but... I, no judge, I hadn't seen this movie until like two years ago. Yeah. And I think it's just like, it is kind of in that echelon of like, this is a huge film that like is kind of embarrassing to have not seen, but there are like more embarrassing films to have, not, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like one B like it's in that one mm-hmm. B category of yeah. like, like, of like, Oh, it's kind of embarrassing that I've never seen when Harry met Sally, but there's also like the Godfather, you know, which I've obviously seen, but like there are movies on that caliber where it's like, Oh shit. Like I really need to watch a movie that like, yeah like I need to fill in some of these blind spots it's like this is always like one b on the list almost um and I don't know I think it's just like I also like I know because enough people I know and love and respect um like this movie and sing this movie praises however there is just such a thing like whenever I watch a romantic comedy that's older than like 2002 and even like let's be real even anything older than like 2013 I'm kind of Mm -hmm. like is this going to be the most cringy, toxic thing I've ever <laughs> seen? Like, like, am I yeah. about to watch a movie in which somebody just like blatantly like manipulates another person for two mm-hmm. hours until they smooch them? Which I know is not what this movie is, but it is always like, there is always like a thing when you're going back to watch an older rom-com where you're just like, is this going to be like, is this going to be awful? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's, I like romantic comedies, but for many reasons, I I don't, it's hard for me to seek a lot of them out without a lot of pressure, I will say, for that exact reason, especially because like, it's no surprise, I'm not straight, (laughs) like, they can be a little alienating sometimes, 
Yeah, not a lot of gay romantic comedies in the 1980s, unfortunately. Mm-mm. Yeah, I will say there's an aspect to this movie that is, um, oh god, I'll, I'm you can't see it because this is an audio medium, but I'm 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 doing the the you know the the finger quotes. It's kind of problematic, and we're gonna we'll we'll talk about it at length. I'm sure in the back half. I think it's an interesting aspect of this movie, though. Is there, is there anything else you know about this movie, Caroline? Well, anything I know about the movie? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a whole nother question. Yeah, come on. That's a whole nother segment. Um, yo, I mean, yeah, um, let's see. Um, Nora Ephron, director. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not quite. Um, not quite. Oh, based on based on the book by her? She she wrote it. She's the she writer. Wrote it. She's okay. the primary writer, yeah. Okay, but she didn't direct it. Okay. No. Um, interesting. It's Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Is that... Right. That is correct. Yes. Okay. Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, um, which is like so weird because I'm pretty sure the two of them are actually probably uh, probably age appropriate, but Billy Crystal has just always looked like 47. It's the hair like at the youngest. The youngest he's ever looked is a, a nice 47. So I feel like in my brain they like he's so much older than her, but I don't know yeah. if that's actually true. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it takes place in, in in the Big Apple in New York City. I'm pretty sure, right? New York City. Um, and the only other thing I know is like this is the I'll have what she's having movie, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, correct. cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So I know that, and then I just know that like that scene takes place in a Katz's Delicatessen down in correct. Uh, down in uh, Lower Manhattan, which I uh, I've never eaten there, but uh, spent a summer in New York, and I walked by it a couple times. I said, "That's that place from that movie I've never seen," and kept walking. And you said that every day, and all your friends would look at you and be like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, and? pretty much." And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I I wanted to go there for that reason, but uh, for that same very reason, it was very busy all the time. Yeah, that, and I, I mean, was just like crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Corey, have you ever, producer Corey, you you ever see this movie? I have never seen this movie. I'm very, very excited. Uh, Again, no super great story other than for a while, I I watched pretty exclusively bad movies. Um, But so have we, I mean, we don't watch good movies. No. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. And I know, I know literally nothing about this movie. I thought it was Tom Hanks. So uh, no, he's in the later effort. Yeah, that's Meg Ryan's. He's in sleep. It's not a bad guess, hell, right? Yeah. yeah, he's also yeah. in You Got Mail. Uh huh. I was yeah. gonna guess and Joe Meg. versus the volcano. What uh, I said, and Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, I don't <laughs> is watch that a rom com with Meg Ryan. I think it is a rom com with Meg Ryan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what that movie is. Um, no, I don't. I don't watch good movies. You know what I watched two nights ago? Fucking Space Jam: A New Legacy. So oh, why? and your letterbox review for it was the best. Yeah, it was this film belongs in prison. <laughs> <laughs> no, Space Jam a new legacy is like I am pretty I am pretty close to being hard and fast about like I will not listen to a podcast about a movie that I haven't seen because uh-huh. like I it just makes me feel like I'm not in on the joke. But a couple of the podcasts I listened to covered Space Jam and I'm like, I'm not fucking watching that. Like I am yeah. not. 
like Space Jam, the new one. Like I've obviously yeah. seen the OG, but yeah. I was like, I was like, I am not, I am not holding off on this episode to go watch Space Jam too. Yeah, it's um. Can I spoil it real quick? Can I just give my like one quick thing about Space Jam Two? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so they kill Bugs Bunny. Fuck. At the end. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's the correct reaction. Bugs Bunny dies, and um, it was it wasn't like heart wrenching and like it, it wasn't a good character moment. It wasn't thematically appropriate for the film. It wasn't something they had building up towards. It just kind of happens. And it really upset me. Like it, it's a it, joke. I am not joking. Does he come back to life? He does, but it's like not explained. And also, okay, so here's the thing. You got to go watch the movie <laughs> if you want this to make sense. But the way the Bugs Bunny comes back to life, it is entirely possible that it is just LeBron James is start like his mind is starting to crack. Like he's starting to exhibit signs of early onset dementia. And like, that's oh, no, why he's LeBron. funny. He's done so much good for the state of Ohio. Hey, for I'm from Cleveland, man. He's 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 done great shit for Cleveland. God, he's I can't imagine not... what Cleveland was like the fucking week that movie came out. Oh, it was probably insufferable. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't living here at that point. All right. Are you ready for our game this week? I am. Yes. Hell yeah, Caroline. Let's do it. We're going to be playing a game. We love to play. We're doing it a little bit differently than we usually do it. Uh, this is a game called Recast It. Usually, usually how this game works is we will take the top five build actors in a movie and then either I or Caroline, before having seen the movie, will have to recast each of those roles with different Hollywood actors. And then the fun of the game is then we go watch the movie, we come back and we get to discuss how basically unhinged the movie would have been <laughs> had we gone with those people and those castings. Uh, this week, I'm just taking the top two. I'm just taking just taking Meg Ryan, just taking Billy Crystal. Uh, and I just like you to just choose like two or three, two or three guys, two or three ladies you think you could swap in. And I'd like to free you from time constraints. I'm saying we could do this in any era. It doesn't have to be the initial release date of the movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I mean, the first one right off the bat, it's gotta be Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, Corey that's, hit on yeah. it. It's like, yes. that's, that's obvious. Yeah. Um, see, that's the thing is like, I know that this movie is like, uh, I feel like it's kind of like sleepy and autumnal, or at least that's like every image I've ever seen from it's it. It's very autumnal. That is correct. Yeah. So like trying to hit that vibe, um, let's think. So 19, I know you said free from time constraints, but I at mm -hmm. least want the first one to be 1989 appropriate. Tom Hanks is pretty young, but like, yeah. I don't know. Does the fact that. Does the fact that he looks like he's 48 ever factor into the... Uh, I don't want to ruin the movie. I don't want to ruin the movie. Okay. Um, so I'll say Tom Hanks. Maybe that will be an unhinged choice. Maybe. But uh, let's see. And then another... So a lady. So we'll do Tom Hanks. And... Billy Crystal is... Uh, this is 89. He was born in 48, so he was 41 when this movie came Oh, well, there you go. Oh, fuck. Okay. So, okay, cool. Nick Ryan was definitely younger than that. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, shit. Okay. Harry met Sally. Wow. Who could be named Sally? <laughs> <laughs> May Ryan was 28 when this movie came out. 
Okay, kind of oh, wow. gross. 13 Damn, years. Kind of gross, but that's fine. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say... Ooh, I don't know if this is... I don't know if this is age-appropriate, but I'm just thinking purely, purely aesthetic. Tom Hanks. And so, so we'll go young. Um, we'll go Tom Hanks. And I'm going to say Natasha Richardson. Who the hell is that? Who the hell is that? Am I dumb? Yeah, yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> who is, I'm, keep thinking, but I'm gonna Google who Natasha Richards is. I mean, is. like, the, the oh. number one thing you'd probably know her from is the mom in the parent uh, Nancy Myers parent trend. Oh, but she, was, she is the mom. You the know, Sally trend. Bowles in the 1998 Broadway that's, revival okay, that's um, what Cabaret. Uh, oh, um, she's the Made Manhattan mom, too. Yeah, tragically, tragically passed away in uh, the 2000s. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and say her because she is blonde and was acting in the late 80s. Um, Correct. Let's see. I mean, hey, that's a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good point. That's a good um, point. I would agree. Are you, so are you picking those two specifically to be paired together? And then we're going to yeah, do a different Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go okay. a little bit younger and... Uh, yeah, um, let's go truly unhinged choice. Um, autumnal New York City. Um, I'm gonna look just a couple months into the future and steal a couple from a very wintry, very scary New York movie, but it's it's timeline appropriate. I'm gonna say Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Whoa. <laughs> gonna steal the eyes wide shut cast. Whoa. <laughs> Okay. Because I'm just thinking like late 80s, like hot boy. And uh, Tom Cruise comes to mind, but Tom Cruise is an unhinged human being. Yeah. Uh huh. But at this time, I think he was still very much uh, trying to convince everyone that he uh, <laughs> he was a person. He was not. That right. He wasn't a lizard. <laughs> he wasn't a lizard. So I'm going to say uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Okay. And then for my final pair. Hmm, 1989. I'm gonna go ahead. For some reason, I don't know why, for some reason, this name is jumping out at me. We're 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 doing some revisionist history. We're uh we're doing we're we're, we're granting somebody a, a a a bigger career early on. I'm gonna say Bill Pullman, because Whoa. I think Bill Pullman is particularly charming. I think he is a very charming, kind, kindly gentleman. And uh, I'm going to say Bill Pullman. And uh, fuck it. Holly Hunter. Whoa. Weird movie. Whoa, weird movie. movie. Okay. All right. I love these. I'm really, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Let's go. Watch I think the Bill movie. Pullman is a handsome man. He I don't know if that's man. only because I'm gay, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he anybody a... else is out there just like, you know, who's a, who seems like a real mensch, Bill Pullman. Bill Pull- I think I'd like to walk through Central Park and, and sip coffee and discuss our feelings together. I don't know I, if there's anybody else on the planet who feels that way about Bill Pullman. I but. think, Caroline, I'll tell you so much. If I met a woman and I thought she was straight and she was like, ah, you seem like a mensch. We should go on a date. I'd be like, whoa, hey, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think maybe you got to figure some stuff out. 
Uh, all right. Well, do you want to go watch the movie? Because I want to talk about the movie and also these cast. I would love to go watch the movie. Okay, let's go watch the movie. And we're back. And we are back. I'll have what she's having. Uh, currently, that is coffee and water out of a commemorative Lord of the Rings glow-in-the-dark goblet from Burger King from 2001. Mine, mine is in a Spider-Man mug. Mine is in a mug from our undergraduate alma mater. Oh, beautiful. That's a cool mug. Which, I, which it's a fine mug. I don't really even like our school that much. They've done some, they pulled some bullshit that I'm not oh, happy with. But oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're taught what we're going to talk about is the film when Harry met Sally. Um, so first off, Caroline, initial thoughts. Yes. Um, very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet little film. couple of, couple um, of sweetie pies, right? Honestly, I, We'll get into this. The first couple 15 minutes, I was like, I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I, I I had faith. I was like, I am in the good hands of Rob, of Rob Reiner. Yeah. Rob and uh, Nora, they're not going to lead me yeah. astray. I'm just like, I'm just like, they're not going to let me down. It's like, I am, I am in good hands. So like, let's just, let's just ride this out and we'll see if this thing wins me over. And sure enough, it did. Yeah. Let me, let me say, before we get back into the game, that the fir- when I, the first time I watched this movie a couple of years ago, I, I had the exact same reaction. The first 15 minutes, I was like, I hate these people. I hate them both. <laughs> I, I don't enjoy their interactions and I want this movie to stop. And, uh, and then, yeah, they, they won me over. And then, but it's weird because now that I've like reprogrammed my brain, when I watched it last night, I was like, this is great. The first 15 minutes, I was like, this is fantastic. Like, I, I love every second of it. Like, but, I don't know, you know. And that is the thing that I I had the thought, too, of just like, of just like oh, on rewatches, like, I'm going to mm-hmm. love those. Like, yes. Now that I know where those, like, initial 20 minutes are going, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking love those when I watch those again. But it is very jarring and not pleasant. <laughs> yeah. For lack of a better term. It is these two people that just suck. The, 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 whatever. We'll, we'll get back into it. We got to return to the game. Uh, we played, recast it, slightly, you know, special version. Uh, we're going to go through y- your potential couples that uh, uh, th- that you chose to uh, act in this movie if you didn't have, you know, uh, Crystal and, and fucking Ryan. Um, your first was Tom Hanks and Natasha Richardson. I will say, Tom Hanks, I didn't know this when we recorded last time. Tom Hanks was offered the role of Harry. Really? He was the first choice. Yeah. Wow. And he turned it down. Okay. It, it would have been energies. And, and Crystal did a lot of writing on this. Like apparently he, you know, really brought a lot to this one. It would have been a much different movie, but Fair. yeah. Cause I was going to say, I was going to say this role feels like it was just like, this role feels like it was written yeah. for Billy Crystal, which if it, he rewrote a lot of it after he came on, that yeah. makes perfect sense. But yeah. I was going to say, I, I kind of got the impression watching this movie that it was like, all right, like we're doing a Billy Crystal movie because mm-hmm. that's really what it feels like. Yeah. And yeah. it also explains, which we'll get into, but not deeply, but it also explains the weird age difference, even though they're playing characters that are supposed to be the same age. Yeah. Because if it's like, if it's like, oh, well, it's like a Billy Crystal film, like it's built around Billy Crystal, like that makes a little bit more sense. So that's surprising to me that he was not like 
in this from the conception, but go on. Yeah, initially it was, I guess it was um, that like Reiner had the idea, he got divorced and then he was talking to his his uh, screenwriting and, and production friend and just kind of kvetching with him a lot about, you know, dating and being back out there. And that was the seed of the idea for the film. And then he went to Efron. She hated the idea initially. And then he kind of rejiggered it. And then she's like, okay, this I can work with. And then it, you know, they tried to hire actors and it took like years of development. Like he did Princess, I think he did like Princess Bride and like and one Tap, other movie probably. and Spinal, Tap, and uh, Stand By Me and Princess Bride were the two movies he made between approaching Efron and then finally shooting this movie. Oh, gotcha. So it was like a long time coming. But yeah, he wanted to give it to Tom Hanks, Richard Dreyfus, Michael Keaton, and Albert Brooks were the initial, the initial asks. Give me those one more time. Hanks, Richard Dreyfus, Michael Keaton, and Albert Brooks. See, that is, that is, Hanks is just the one that really stands out there. See, I think the Richard Dreyfus version of this movie would be kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would love yeah. it. I mean, it would be, it would be Rob Reiner does the Goodbye Girl. Yes, yes. Which have you yes. ever seen the Goodbye Girl? I haven't, but I like <gasps> know of it. <laughs> put, put it on the spreadsheet. Um, okay, so your next two are fucking cursed, and I love them. <laughs> okay, because I forget what said, they are, so lay them on me. You said Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Oh my god, Kidman could do it. Kidman could do it. Here's the thing: Kidman could do it. I don't think she'd be as good as Ryan. The Tom Cruise version of Harry would be so menacing. <laughs> No, exactly. And like, I mean, I guess I'm thinking of like 90s, 2000s Tom Cruise in my head. He was much more of a traditional, you know, in the late 80s, he was more of a traditional, right? you right. know, heartthrob. But the idea of it being the two of them is kind of scary to me. Right. Like, I'm scared of the idea of well, Tom Cruise in this role. And th- this game is fun, specifically with this movie, having the knowledge that like, they wrote a movie and then Crystal reworked a lot of it to be himself, yeah. like to be for yeah. him. Because it's that thing where it's like, my impression of this movie was it was that it was a pretty down the middle like rom com. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I bet like Crystal is playing like I I think that this will probably be like more of like his Goodwill Hunting. You know what yes. I mean? It's like it's like yes. he's this comedic guy who like is he's funny in the movie, but he's more of like he's playing like a dramatic ish role. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I went with like Tom Cruise because it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he can play, he can play drama with a dash of comedy, especially in this era. Yeah. Um, Cause that's kind of what I was thinking it was going to be. And so like, if you go back in time and you cast Tom Cruise instead of Billy Crystal, and this doesn't become a Billy Crystal role, it's like, that is maybe a movie that could work. But imagining this exact movie with Tom Cruise and Billy Crystal. This script, but you give it to Cruise. Funny. Because, well, Crystal's so, we'll talk about it, but so much, he's so actively unlikable for a lot of the movie. That like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this would, had Tom Cruise done this in the late 80s, it would have been a real preview of just how weird and unlikable he was going to get in the, in the 2000s. Right. And I mean, like, Nicole Kidman was a little, well, actually, let's see. Let's see. Um, it's so interesting to me that like, okay, yeah. I mean, Meg Ryan is only a few years older than Kidman, but it is enough that like when they jump five years in time yeah. twice, mm-hmm. um, 
Meg Ryan's a little bit more believable, but like, so they would have done the opposite thing. Whereas like Meg Ryan is a 30 year old playing a, you know, an almost 30 year old playing an 18 year old in the beginning. And Kidman would be doing the opposite. She'd be a 20 year old playing, you know, but like, I think she could do it. I think she's got the the weird enough energy. Oh yeah. I mean, this is a Nicole Kidman stand podcast, of course. So absolutely. I anything, but we, you know, I my as we've said, I think you said film of the year is her AMC ad. Like that's yeah, your yeah. Oscar goes to. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and when Harry met Sally is horrifically cursed. Weird. Uh next last one. Uh a little bit, I think a little bit cursed on the other side, Bill Pullman and Holly Hunter. I think that. No, I love Holly Hunter. I think she would have made Sally actively <laughs> feel like I would have hated her. Yeah. Because Holly Hunter's got such an edge, you know? Yeah, she's got the edge and she's like, the thing about Hunter is Hunter is so like, she's very firm in her convictions, like all of the yeah. time. So it's like part of the magic of this movie is that Meg Ryan as Sally just like she gives that like young adult vibe of just like Mm -hmm. I'm adrift I don't know what the fuck I'm doing yeah yeah. like I have this apartment in Manhattan and like I don't know like what is what is being 30 and like Mm -hmm. I just feel like Holly Hunter has you know um she just has that edge of just like nope I am put together I know exactly what I'm doing I'm the most competent capable person in the room at all times let me put it this way and the opposite if if you put Meg Ryan in in succession it it wouldn't make sense. She's too pure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she wouldn't play. Bill Pullman would he would have been fine. He would have been fun. Uh, yeah, and uh, Bill. Yeah, Bill Pullman. I love Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah. He's Bill great. Pullman. He's great. He's great. But, but the yeah. I will say, as uh, our transition out of this is that in, in I guess in two thousand four, they did do a stage production of this with Luke Perry and Allison Hannigan. Huh. Pre How I Met Your Mother, Allison Hannigan. Huh. Yeah. Post Buffy, pre. Post Buffy, post American Pie. And who did they you saw think her the man in those? was? Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Yeah. Okay. Lame. Yeah, Luke Perry. I don't, I don't, I don't even I don't know who Luke Perry is off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, oh. he's from. Did you know that Luke Perry's from Mansfield? Oh, I he's dead. Luke Perry died. Oh, shit. R.I.P. In 2019. This is how I find out that both he is from Mansfield, Ohio, and also that he's... That he passed away. Wow. Well, R.I.P. Luke Perry. Wow. Uh, Wow. Uh, Yeah, so I think that is weird. I I will also use that to say that, like, if they do, I would uh, fucking kill to be in a stage production of of this movie. I would love to play if they ever do a play of this i would love to play harry oh i would happily play sally just because yes. i would want to wear all of those clothes oh my god that was your your letterbox review right yes it was it was hi i would like to sign up for one meg yes. ryan's wardrobe please <laughs> i will say my roommate got home last night after i watched this movie and i was like let me tell you how in love with meg ryan i am in this movie let me tell you how i am also in love with meg ryan's hair as a totally separate individual entity with her hair I is incredible in this fucking film so okay I think we need to we need to start at the beginning we got to go through that oh of course you know you know so this is this is I I also said this is very interesting uh I didn't even mean to do it this way but this did end up being a really interesting double feature uh with before sunset because they're both these movies about how relationships change over time, over time. and also two films in which you just spend the entire runtime being like kiss just kiss already yes, just fucking yes. kiss just yelling kiss at the screen just yelling kiss at the screen and 
it is interesting because and you i'm glad that you came right out of the gate with it because yeah the first time i watched this fucking thing i hated the first 15 minutes i was yeah actively displeased i was, I was like really nervous yeah yeah i was like i don't want to watch yeah. a movie with these two people in it if these are the two people in the whole movie i don't want to watch it right no exactly and that was the thing is like it started and i was just like I mean, first of all, like that first shot of Crystal with that hair. Oh. And I just went like, I went like, it's like, I have seen photographs from this film. And I know that like, that's not what he looks like the entire time. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I'm like, am I supposed to believe that Billy Crystal is in college? He's like like, for this entire movie. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, this is a disaster. And then they jump forward five years in time. And like, it was about the point where they're like on the moving escalator or the moving uh moving sidewalk at the airport mm-hmm. when i'm just like I'm just like is this movie just going to keep jumping forward in time and like watching their relationship grow is that how they got away with casting a 40 year old billy crystal and sure enough that is yeah. exactly what it was but yeah. yeah i mean it's that thing of like i did not know that was how this movie unfolded so those first 15 minutes i was just like i was really worried that because the thing is, is Crystal was doing a good job. Like he was doing a very good job at being like a collegiate asshole. Yeah. But I was unsure if he was in on the joke. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. like I knew that he was like, oh, like this guy's in college. Like, let me play like a 20 year old, like full of himself. And I was like, I was like, I was like is the joke that he sucks a lot? Because like, yeah. he's doing it very well. Yeah. But like this guy sucks. And like I'm it supposed to like sucks. what is this movie? And then so like as it jumps forward, I was like, okay, great. Like it's gonna be like a maybe I've matured over a few years thing. And then he still kind of sucks five years later, but he sucks mm-hmm. a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And then it goes forward. I'm like, okay, great. Like I'm like, I'm a little bit back on board. And then sure enough, by the end, it's wonderful. And it's it's you know, his his growth in this movie, I think, is very interesting because it's not even that like he totally changes who he is as a person he just kind of softens up a little bit like just right. just enough that you know he's not actively prickly to everyone around him right um but, you know it's why we'll get to it but it's why that ending works so so gangbusters well but yeah i mean it's that it's that first scene in the diner is just so unpleasant it is such the you know of course and we we got to talk about it at length but you get one of the other big memes out of this movie is he gives the men and women can't be friends because they just want to fuck speech. Right. And I'm like, fuck this guy. And exactly, then exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like fuck this guy. And then Meg Ryan then immediately just like terrorizes this waitress. And I'm like, Oh, fuck her too. I, I don't like either of these individuals. They both suck in very like bespoke ways. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. And like, that's the thing is like, you see crystal sucking so much in the beginning and you're just like, you're just like, I was like, I was like, this movie is considered a classic, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm really supposed to like start rooting for this guy at some point. Mm-hmm. Like this guy sucks. So I'm so glad that um, it changes. Um, and but yeah, he's acting yeah. it so well, but just like, yeah. Anyway, we do, uh, we do jump forward in time. Things are good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you are the angel of death line 
is so good. I cackled. It's very funny. There's a lot. Of, I cackle a lot in this one. I do like how those first two uh, time jumps, they both start the same way with one of them just making <laughs> just out with making another out person. out with somebody else. Yeah. yeah. In the most, like both of them in just the most obnoxious way possible, making out with someone in public. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's when the comedy really kicks in. Like I didn't like either of them in that time period too. They both were still kind of bad, but then, you know, I, right. especially on this watch, I'm just like them in the plane utterly kills me um it's just like i don't think i remember him and he just pokes his head over <laughs> the backrest is so good and then it's then that third it's such a weirdly paced film in that way because you have those first two initial jumps and then it just kind of stays there you know for most of the yeah, yeah. most of the movie and then it's like and it's like you get to you get the passage of time mm-hmm. in like once you hit like the quote-unquote present but like mm-hmm it doesn't like, it's like an organic passage of time. It's not like, okay, now we're jumping forward five years in their life and they are in different places. It's like, yeah. you watch them go through all of this time, which yeah. um, I I mean, I loved. And yeah, um, it is very strangely paced because you almost, you almost can cut out that second one, you know? Yeah. You yeah. can almost cut from like, they are dumb kids just graduating college and like don't yeah. know anything to like, okay, now they've been in the city. You could you could almost do 10 years later and you don't lose a lot. I think you lose you lose some Sally growth because I think it's important to see her in a relationship too. Definitely. You know definitely. No, you're you're right about that. And it but it's just like you you don't lose a ton plot wise, mm-hmm. but there is just that nugget of like, they really suck. Okay. Five years later, they like still suck a lot, but not as much. And then it's like, you know, so you get that 10 years of like, all right, they're like, they're almost real people now. Like it's yeah. It's the 10 years in their twenties of like, dear God, what are they, which, Hey, we're both in the fucking dead ass middle of right now. And I'm you're, like, you're yeah. too generous. Well, I'm about to have a birthday. I guess we're both about to, oh God, we're both about to be in our late twenties, dear God. Um, that, that just hit me like a ton of bricks, everyone. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's that thing in your twenties where you're like, I don't know, does any of this even count? Ah, you know, maybe this isn't forever, but like, yeah. And then you get to that third bit, basically once, at least the first time I watched it, and then certainly this rewatch, once you get to Carrie Fisher, that's when this thing really starts moving. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. When she pulls out that Rolodex, it's just, it's, I'm laughing at it every minute from then on. Yes. No, I mean, and it's great. And that is kind of the thing I wrote right before the time jump. I wrote in my notes, I just said, straight people terrify me. <laughs> we are scary. <laughs> All of that quote-unquote ostensible flirting is just Mm -hmm. like the most horrible thing but then yes it jumps in time and I'm like okay cool we're at the third time jump yeah and like I was like great so like they're gonna be even more mature now and then we're gonna just keep watching that until they're real people and that's pretty much exactly what happens um and I wrote okay era three Billy Crystal is like finally working for me a little bit he comes in with the beard and that just really exactly that is that is you're like okay this guy doesn't you know completely suck anymore it is the thing that annoyed me this time watching it is you get that later on that meg ryan line of her being like glad you shaved the beard you can see your face and i'm like no oh no i was definitely like no i mean it's just it's just a funny thing about how like you know 
I guess with men, you call it beauty standards too, yeah. which is like beauty standards and style just evolve over time because I was like, absolutely not. I was like, he looked way better with the beard. He does look more like a clean cut without it for sure. But I'm just like, I'm just like, I was like, no, he was rocking that thing. Like, yeah, he looks great. rocking the beard. He looked younger. It was so much better. Um, yeah. So like, so one of the things, especially this time watching it that I picked up on is the fucking like the comedic and it's 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 a Reiner thing. It's something that like, you know, a long time ago in this podcast, we talked about uh, the spinal tap and it's something that like, I think we kind of marveled at then that like the way that he is able to pick up on comedic rhythm, like so, so minutely and so finely, despite the fact that that film is in like a documentary style and so much of it is right. improv. Like the fact that the filmmaking is strong enough and the editing is strong enough that it, it just keeps your attention so long, so well. Even more so here, because like the the fucking rhythms of this thing are so good. The split screen phone calls, the, split, the that first split screen phone oh, call is incredible. And then the when it's when it's the two of them at the end, the the back and forth, and it's you know it's Carrie Fisher in the in the in the center, and they're going back and forth like. So the thing that I heard, so the way they shot that is like all in real time. Like they had them in separate rooms able to hear each other so that they could get that right. But holy shit, I'm like the amount of rehearsal that must have took oh, to course. one, the fact that they're not talking over each other. And then also that it, it just works comedically. There's no dead air. It keeps taking your attention. Like that stuff is hyper impressive to me. Oh my God. The, them hitting balls in the ball cage the uh when they're at the football game and oh yeah the wave moment is so fucking funny so fucking funny because it's so fucking funny how he's just like so morose and it's just like yeah like my wife left me like going through the sad story and then like once every like 30 seconds they just have to stand up to be part of the wave yeah and it's like every time they hit a beat of he gets more morose that's when the wave hits you know (laughs) it's so fucking good when he descends further into it um okay so we gotta so there's two big memes from this movie i think right there's there's the obviously the diner scene which is hilarious yeah i'll have what she's having is great and then there's the there's the men and women can't be friends thing yeah which this podcast stands in opposition to that claim oh of course just yeah just like by its mere existence by the fact that we hear a man and a woman talking right yes. now. Well, and Carson too, like, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I don't know if I've made this joke on air or yeah. just like in person, but like, I think Corey <laughs> is kind of your only male friend. Uh, there's a couple. I have a at sprinkling least, at least of male in friends. The years, in the years that I have known you, like, yes. like, yes, almost all of your good friends have been yes. women. The vast, and, like, I, I mean, was, yeah. I get a few friends from like high school, but yeah. Yes. I have high school friends and like another mutual friend of ours. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that whole thing of like, yeah, I mean, most of, most of your, uh, most of your friends are women, which is cool of you. Harry was not raised by a single mother. I will say that. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Most of my friends are women. So like, it's, it is, I think it's interesting to me because it's, I, I think that's the thing that like, I've heard people be like, oh man, that doesn't age well. But it is something that now that I've watched this film twice, especially I do kind of grapple with because I'm like, it, it is almost that the message of the film is that Harry's right, but like, he's not because it's because well, they genuinely that, are friends there for genuinely friends. Like the reason that they get the reason that they they work so well as lovers is because they are friends like yeah and 
it would, the film would completely undermine itself if there's a scene with Harry and like mm-hmm. one of his friends before he hangs out with uh, Sally the first time. Um, like if there was a scene where he was like, oh yeah, like, you know, she just broke up with somebody and like, we were talking about maybe being friends. So like, yeah, I'm going to like take her to dinner and like, see if I can like, you know, like see if I can hit that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if he, if he does the whole like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be her friend, but then like, you know, but it's really just a ploy. Cause you know, that's the thing that they do in a lot of movies where it's like somebody yeah. does something, you know, somebody is like, oh yeah, like I'm going to do this thing for my own personal benefit. And then along the way, they find out that like, they really do want to do this thing. Yes. And then the whole, and then the person finds out that you're only doing this thing for your personal gain. It's like, well, yeah. I was at first, like, that's like yeah. such a cliche, like whatever it is. That is, is the plot of 80% of romantic comedies. Yeah. And so yeah. if they would have done that, it would have totally undermined so much of the film and it would have been kind of gross. And it would have yeah. been like, it would have been pretty like, you know, you would kind of have to shake your head out and be like, ah, I don't know, like, doesn't really work. But it is that fact that, like, they kind of are genuinely friends and they kind of really don't like each other at first. Yes. And yes. it's that thing where it is like, you know, like, okay, it's a cliche. Like, it's like, you know, like the the young horny male, like, just wants mm-hmm. to, like, you know, only wants to sleep just with wants women. To get it in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, you know, that's where he starts and like he doesn't like her, but he's like, but I'd but I'd fuck her, you know, and yeah. like that whole thing is like yeah, it's which a he trite, like but he like, said, but he says it in that first. That's one of the most unpleasant things about him is that he's like, Hey, you want a bone? And she's like, You have a girlfriend, like, stop it. Yeah. And so like, you know, but it is that thing where it's like, he starts there and he starts mm-hmm. from a place where he's like, well, I would mean, I would have sex with you, but like, yeah. he doesn't like her and she doesn't yeah. like him. Yeah. And then like that trend continues for a decade. And then when they just find themselves in similar positions, it's just like, I don't know, I guess we can relate on this. I don't really like you, but like, can we go get dinner and talk about it? And it's like yeah. the fact that they genuinely are friends for 85% of the movie. Yeah. And it is and, that thing where it's like, even when they sleep together, like he goes over there as her friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know? and it's part of the the writing of, it's both the writing and the performance on Crystal's part that like, the fact that he is so, that Harry is so naked with his sexual desires that he is just very forthcoming with all of them in a, a way that is actively unpleasant in the first 20 minutes of the film means that when he then gets to the point where he's like, I don't want to have sex with you, but you want to get dinner. Like you believe him like that is yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah, no, of course he does not want to have sex with her right now. Like that is, that is accurate, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and that they're friends and that like the message is kind of a refutation to Harry at the beginning of the film, because it's like, yeah, you're, you, yeah, you're going to be sexually attracted to some people, but you're really only going to fall in love with the people that you're like friends with on that level as well. Oh, of course. Like, and it's, I mean, and, and it's the part, sorry, but it's like the part in the film that usually in romantic comedy would be the, like, I discovered something about you that was dis- you've been lying to me this entire time. Like that beat in this script is them having sex. Like that's where that happens. Right. And it's not that there's a lie or that she hates him now. It's just that they're both like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I don't know what to do with these emotions now. Right. No. And it is that thing too, where it's like, I mean, like, I mean, obviously blind dates have already been, a th- have, a, have always been a thing, but like, yeah. you know, and the advent of like dating apps has kind of changed this a little bit because like so many people I know have met on dating apps, which is rad. I mean, I'm, I met my partner on a dating app, like 
it's fine. But like, it is that thing where it's like so many relationships start because it's like, I knew this person for like five years and we were like friends. We ran in the same circle and like, we got to know each other, like just purely like socially for like years. And then we finally went on a date and like the rest is history. You know what I mean? That's like a very normal fucking thing that happens to a lot of people. And like, I will say that like, you know, before, or it it wasn't until I was out of college that I even like tried to use dating apps because, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was always that thing where it's like, well, I'm surrounded by like the circle of like a hundred people who I see every day. And it's just like, you know, all of my, everyone I ever dated until graduating college. And you have that weird thing of like, you know, you do have that weird thing of like, I don't know anybody and how the hell do I make friends like in the adult world. Um, but like everybody that I've ever dated until adulthood was just like a friend. Like Mm -hmm. they started as a friend and it's like, that's such a normal fucking thing that happened. So it's like, it isn't weird or unbelievable that like that it happens here. And again, it would be that thing where like, if they do the whole, like, Oh, you've just been trying to get in her pants like the entire time. Like this was all a ruse. Then like that gets gross, but it's like, they genuinely are friends for 70% of the film. So. Yeah. The, so I've been I've been reading it. It might come up later in Love Month. I'm not sure, but I've been reading because um, a, a friend of mine gave me some books and it was in there and it's a, been an easy read. But I've been reading Modern Romance, the Aziz Ansari book. Interesting. Like that's, that's been my before bedtime reading. Um, and it's so, I was thinking about it last night when I was watching this movie. I was thinking about a, a part of the book that book that I was reading. That when I was reading the book, I'm like, I, I guess I've always known this, but like, it's one of those things that like, yeah, I intellectually know this thing, but then having it kind of presented to you in this way, you, your perspective on it, you kind of sit back and go, oh yeah, that is weird. But something, he, you know, that's talked about a lot in the beginning of that book is that like, basically when you hit like post, you know, the women's movement, like post second wave feminism, and the mixture of second wave feminism and also just an influx of young professionals into cities. And this is something that now is like being supercharged because people are just going, you know, more and more and more going off to college, then moving to a city that they weren't initially from. That like more than just dating going from a totally economic thing to now love is involved. Like basically 50s, 60s, 70s, there's this huge transformation of, okay, well, there's like, five women or like five eligible men five you know five people in your fucking that you possibly could date and marry just you know between you're in a smaller town or these are the people that you know through friends and family like these are the people that are age appropriate these are the people that are single your options are totally minute and then there is this just fairly immediate change of okay now you know women don't need to be married to a man to, you know, for economic reasons. Like they are making, they are people and they are making their own choices about romance in their lives. These women became people. Finally, you know, when, when finally, when the president said, I am passing the law that says that women are people like, but, but then there's just this utter explosion of now it's not, you find that one or those one or two people you see if they work and then you date, marry them. There is now this absolute explosion of possibility of well now the expectation is that you date around for quite some time like that is just the that is the thing well and And, that's only getting and that's only getting 
like bigger and bigger because yeah, it's just, and, like, and yeah. partially too because our economy is so, yeah, so royally fucked, fucked. Mm-hmm. but it's just like you know the number of people who are just like single well into their 30s and it's like that's fine like I don't know it's become yeah. very normal to not be married before you're 30 which is yeah great news and I was thinking about that a lot watching this movie because I this really feels like it stands kind of on that turn you know because there's so much in this about the idea that I mean your 20s really are for dating you're kind of experimenting with people you're trying different things right. and then like Carrie Fisher stands as this very modern woman in a lot of ways in this, at least kind of the character she's playing, despite the fact that she's the one that gets married first, that she's like, yeah, here are all the men in my Rolodex. And like, she's, you know, Meg Ryan being like, oh my God, I'm almost 40. And it's, you know, no, it's fine. You, you don't have to get married and You right will be now. in eight years. Yeah. yeah, in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> but like, th- this film really does feel like kind of Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron's first gut emotional reaction to that massive change in society to me it is kind of about this and it's I think a bit more universal than that the fact that it still hits you and me today but I it was weird I was thinking about that a lot of how just like yeah this is this is kind of a new phenomenon in the 80s isn't it like this is not how their parents would have done things right yeah no yeah and it's it is it is good. <laughs> I don't know. Most of my notes that I have left are just like, are just jokes that I thought were really funny. Yes. Yeah. Because there's so many good ones in here. Um, the table thing. Oh, the wheel yeah. table. Yeah. The yeah, whole, yeah. the Harry going from it's fine to then eventually just being around your, your stupid wheel table. And you're going to have 13 long phone calls about who gets this stupid wheel table. Uh, and just like, how hard is it to find an apartment? Do you, yeah. do you know what you do? You read the obituary yeah. column and you show up at the building. You tip the door in. And... Just like, just like, I'm going to go to bed. Okay, I'm going to stay up and watch Leave It to Beaver in Spanish or whatever it is. Like, that's great. Um, I mean, the jokes in the movie are, are very, very good. Um, the, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The, I mean, the, the only other thing that yeah. I really have to say is like, the entire time, the age difference, like, yeah, which is like, you know, this is not the first movie to, to do this you know it's it's always Very a 40 year old man with a 20 year old woman yeah but it's like it, it is the thing that, to me that it was so funny is that like so he's 13 years older than her in real mm-hmm. life but the characters are supposed to be the same exact age yeah so they're like kind of playing in the middle of like their you know they're kind because i mean i think Meg Once ryan was like late it, yeah. 20s mm-hmm. and is playing early 30s and billy crystal was in his early 40s and is playing early 30s yeah and so it's like it's like it's almost progressive. Like you're almost doing the thing because in yeah. the story, their age, like they are the same exact age, but like they're actually 13 years apart in age. But, and that's the thing is like, especially in those earlier scenes, like you, you're watching those first two like timelines and you're just like, oh, like this is going to be, this is not going to work that I'm supposed to believe that they're the same age. Mm-hmm. And then like, by the third timeline, you, you, I, like, I bought it for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Like, cause it's like Crystal's five years below and Ryan's five years above. And so they're like, right. And like, now. he's, he's, he's playing immature, uh-huh. which is good, but like yeah. immature for like his age almost, you know? So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just a really, really, really good little movie. Yeah. The thing. I'll say one more thing that just really hit me watching at this time is that this movie, I think, is a one of the things that it is about is this very strange phenomenon of 
when you're in love with someone, the things about them that are the most imperfect and the most annoying are the things that you love the most. Yeah. Like it is the fact that we have these like reoccurring, you see both that Meg Ryan, <laughs> like her ordering doesn't get any, like her ordering at restaurants doesn't get any less insane. She gets a little bit nicer about it, but like, she's still a crazy person about that. Right. And then that's one of the things in the final, you know, in that, in the fucking, you know, the fantastic final monologue that Harry gives to her is like, yeah, I love the fact that you take like 10 minutes to order. It annoys the shit out of me. And I love it. Like, and or the, like, every time you see Harry reading a book, he gets annoyed and then he flips to the last page and then he flips back. Like, yeah. Just these little things about the two characters that you're like, it's it's really not that they totally transformed. Like, I mean, I think you're right that there, you know, there's this ten years of they need to turn into real people, but they're not like totally different personalities. It's just that they've gotten mature enough that you know you get to the place with point with someone where you're like, oh man, this thing about them kind of pisses me off, and I love it. It's it's perfect. I wouldn't have it any other way, and that is a very beautiful thing to me. I I like that a lot. Yeah. But I mean, on the one hand, like we got to talk about the diner scene, but we do. Uh, we, we, we do. We I do. mean, it's, it's a good joke. It's a, it is a it's a joke. great joke. It's a great oh, joke. to have, oh, to be, uh, as, as, a uh, not self-conscious as Sally is in well, that scene. Well, do you, do you know how they shot that scene? Have you heard the story about this? No. Did they actually just go in and do it? Well, so they get Cat's Deli, they fill it up, they're shooting, and, you know, this is the day they know they're going to do it, and they do a take, and Meg Ryan's, like, really, she doesn't go for it. Like, she does a very tame, very naturalistic-sounding orgasm noise, and Rob Reiner's like, that's not what it is, and then he says, hey, can you sit up? And then Rob Reiner, in front of his mother, who is the woman that says, I'll have what she's having, is Rob Reiner's mom. (laughs) sits down with Billy Crystal and he does the scene and does it as big as it needs to be done. And then everyone in the room is already like laughing and in an all do it. And he says, okay. And then Meg Ryan is also losing it laughing. And then she does, and then she does that scene and they get it in one take and they do it in one take. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Like he's just like, let me, let me get this out of the way. Let me make sure everybody in the room isn't going to like be weird about this. Right. Yeah. And then, and then Robert and his mom says <laughs> when she's happy. Well, and I have to say too, uh, that scene, now having seen the film, makes so much more sense. Yes, yes. Because like, it was, it was the thing where like, I mean, I had obviously never seen the movie, but I was like, I was just like, I was like, I know that like, cause you've seen, I've seen the clip, but I've never mm-hmm. seen the clip of the preceding argument. Yeah. yeah. So it's that thing of just like, of just like, well, she's gotta be faking. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like she's sitting in a diner table, but like, yeah, there's no the way fuck? that this movie is about her orgasm. <laughs> right. That would like, be porn. <laughs> no, I know. And so like, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I remember um, when I was like, when I was like a young, not like a young kid, but like when I was like 10 to 12, yeah. I would watch like, I love the eighties. I love the nineties, all that shit mm-hmm. on VH1, which like, I'm sure is just fucking absolute garbage trash television today. But when I was, you know, when I was 11 years old and was learning like about the eighties, I was like, oh, I guess like I am cultured, mm-hmm. which like I think is, I think is like very formative for me of why I'm like, why I'm like this. And I'm just like, well, I have to see every movie that like was yeah. ever important because like, what if I have to talk about it one day? Exactly. What, if, the 90s, what but... if somebody points a camera at me and they say, I was, oh my God, I was at work the other day talking to, 
talking to, who are we talking about? Oh, oh, somebody I work with asked me about uh, the new Venom. And he was like, yeah, is the new Venom any good? And I went on my fucking, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I gave my 10 minute explanation of why I think the first Venom movie is really good. And he was like, yeah, but is the new one like, is it fun? And I was like, yeah, it's pretty fun. He's like, yeah, that's what I needed to know. And I'm like, <laughs> I, uh, I, my yes. brain is broken. <laughs> but yes, but I remember watching those shows and they did a whole segment on When Harry Met mm-hmm. Sally and the whole bit was a, like revolved around the diner scene. Yeah. And so I just like, I just have this memory from being like 12 or 13 years old and just being like, so I know the whole thing is that she has a super loud orgasm as the deli, mm-hmm. but I'm like, how the fuck does that work into the plot of the <laughs> yeah. movie? And it's like, it's obviously like the most obvious answer there is, mm-hmm. but like also, yeah, and it just, it makes a lot more sense now having seen the movie. Yeah. In terms of the big memes from famous movies that have wormed their way into popular culture, this is perhaps the most confounding one yes. to just like see in its face. Uh, I'll, I'll say my last thought is, um, this and Gone Girl are my two favorite movies directed by a man, written by a woman that are very much about, <laughs> very much about the, the kind of the divide between men and women. Very good. Very, For very good. different reasons. Uh, all right. Well, Caroline, any last thoughts? Um, no, I mean, like, I'm very glad to have seen this and mm-hmm. I am super stoked because I know now that I know where those first 20 minutes are going, I know that on subsequent yeah. rewatches, this one is just going to much better. Let me tell you, it's going to be gangbusters from Absolutely. top to bottom. Absolutely. Well, producer Corey, would you like to tell the fine folks at home about where they can contact us if they liked this show? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving us a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhynspod. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd also at hhynspod. Special thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, if you would like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash hhynspod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. As I said, if you're interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash hhynspod. Thank you. Thank you. And next week, we continue week three of Love Carson month. of Love Month of of Carson's grand romantic adventure. Uh Caroline, would you like to know the film that we are discussing next? I would week? love to. Uh this one bit of a bit of a left curveball. I think this is the most recently released film we've ever done on this podcast. Definitely not in the annals of of fucking all-time greatest movies is, you know, Before Sunset and When Harry Met Sally, but a film that I think is really good and I think there's a lot to talk about in we're going to be talking about uh, Palm Springs. Excellent. The 2020 release. Yeah. Yeah, it's 2020 release, which, like, I mean, I think counts uh, because the timeline from 2020 through to 2022 has been six years, I think. It's been six or, years. Or since two weeks. Or, two, yeah, depending on. Yeah, or two weeks. Really depending on what I feel like when I wake up in the morning. I think those are the... <laughs> yeah the two answers but so i'm super excited to watch this and uh we will see you all next week when we talk palm springs see you next week